Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Obis Partners. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. Nickel. And to the show, we are ranking the banks. No, you're going to get us in trouble, Ed. No, we are. We're going to do it, Andrew Nickel. So we're going to talk about which bank gives you mortgage money easiest. Now, our whole company was very nervous about this one. So we've got two of the best mortgage brokers in from Catalyst Financial. We've got Managing Director Peter Norris and April Hastelow. Now, Peter, why were you so nervous about ranking the banks? Oh, it's always a little bit, uh, a little bit of a tough one to talk about because you know the banks are our friend, not foe, and so it's you know we don't want to suggest that one bank isn't pulling their weight. And of course, every dog has its day as well, right? Absolutely. So the bank that maybe is the least generous with their servicing criteria today might not be the case in six months' time. Yes, because lending policy changes. So what we're going to do is we're going to rank the banks, but only from the income side. So from the servicing criteria. So where is it easiest to get money from an income perspective? But of course, it's going to be different for each person. So we're going to take it for, say, two people, you know, couple, they're both earning maybe 70 grand a year and they're looking to buy their first investment property. So that's not going to be most people listening to the show because we are all different, but we'll take it from there. And of course, one of the really cool things about this is it's going to show the differences between the banks because Often, people think that all the banks are the same, but in fact, they're absolutely not. So we're going to rank ANZ, BNZ, Westpac, ASB, TSB, and Kiwi Bank. So, April, I'm going to kick it off with you. Who would you say has the toughest servicing criteria right now? All right. Well, if I were to base it on the example that you gave and making some assumptions that they're PAYE, I would say for new builds, nervous to say it out loud, but I'd say Westpac. Only because there's a couple of differences that we're seeing at the moment in scalebacks for policy. And especially with the new builds at the moment, you've got some of the banks like ANZ and TSB who are scaling back to 88% on a new build investment. So what that means is when you've got a rental income, they'll take 88% of that rental income into consideration, plus add rates and insurances for their scalebacks. Whereas Westpac's down at 75% plus adding rates and insurances. So it means they're using less. So if I get this right in my head, if you get $30,000 a year worth of rental income, the actual rental income, then Westpac will use 75% of that, whereas TSB would use 88% of that. Okay. And what about the interest rate they're using when testing your mortgage application? Are they also at the tougher end? They are at the tougher end for what we're seeing at the moment. So at the moment, their one is sitting at the highest of what we're seeing. Some of the banks use servicing indicator rates and things like that, but Westpac is at the moment the highest. And just to pick up on one thing you said, just in case any new listeners don't understand what you meant by PAYE, what's a PAYE person? Someone who's salaried. Someone so, just with a job. Someone with a job, the employer pays tax for them. Is it a little bit more complicated if you're a business owner? It is because it depends on what's running through the financials and what we can add back in, what they're paying themselves, depreciation, a whole lot of things. Okay, so if I understand this right, if you're going to a bank as a couple, both earning uh, standard income at the moment, 75 grand a year, did you say? Yeah, oh, I think you said 70. 70 grand a year, then Westpac is probably going to be the hardest today. From an income perspective, but there are some very good reasons why you'd actually go to a Westpac, right? So who might decide to use Westpac, even though from an income perspective, they might be the hardest to get a mortgage application across the line through? Westpac have some phenomenal policies for investors. They're doing five years interest only. 
They do three years interest only on your owner-occupier if you're doing the top-up for your deposit, and that is actually more than what a couple of the other banks are doing. And they've got a really good offsetting facility, uh, and you yeah. can use the offsetting facility when you're in a company, which, as Andrew has talked about before, has some really nice accounting and tax benefits. So if you're a person where your income is so good that it doesn't matter which bank you go to, you're going to get an approval, Westpac could still be the right fit just because it's harder on servicing criteria. Definitely. Okay, so Peter, I'm going to come to you. We've got Westpac as, as one of the tougher ones. Who else is pretty tough out of those six banks we're ranking today? So next, in my view, would probably be ASB would be next in terms of toughest. And I that, thought six months ago you told me ASB was easier. Yeah, they've made, they've made some changes in terms of their test rate, how they test affordability as well, in terms of that scaling of, of rental income and how they're assessing expenses and that sort of thing too. Okay, and we heard just before that Westpac have got some good things, even though they're tougher. When might ASB still be the right fit for somebody? So... ASP might traditionally have had a bit of a faster turnaround time, so they've you know we've we've seen a better experience in terms of access to sort of getting those approvals turned around quickly. The onboarding process, where a property is close to completion, they're quite good. So their approval, if it's a new build, is typically a ninety day one, as opposed to other banks that will do a twelve month, like April mentioned. And so where it's where it's a bit closer to settlement, ASP can be quite good. They've also got some good border policies around, especially for your first home buyers too, when you're doing over eighty lending. And their builds with their cost overruns, I find pretty good for the first-time buyers as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I should say, look, if you're from ASB or Westpac, we're obviously not telling you, oh, everybody needs to not go to these banks. No, (laughs) that's not what this is about. This is about helping everybody at home be educated consumers when you are going out and getting a mortgage and just appreciating that there are real differences between banks. And even if they are tougher to get your mortgage across the line, you might use them anyway. And like you said, Ed, six months ago, I was saying that, that you know ASB were one of the ones that I would have said would, would have been the easiest, uh, and that's changed now. Okay, so back to the list. Where are we at? We're number four now. Cool. So you've got ANZ, BNZ, TSB, and Kiwi Bank. All right. Well, in the interest of full disclosure, I can't lean with Kiwi Bank at the moment. We don't have that with Catalyst. However, soon, I'm looking forward to the podcast in a couple of months' time when we re-rank the banks. And we will be able to talk more about Kiwi Bank and their policies. I can't really comment on where their affordability is sitting at the moment. And I would say that the next hardest bank, and again, it's got different flavours to it, but I would say BNZ, Mm -hmm. but with a heavy caveat on BNZ in that it depends if the property is just about to be finished or if it's more than one month from completion. Okay. (laughs) That sounds like there's a very interesting difference. (laughs) Tell us about that. So There's different pass points that BNZ have depending on if the property is just about to be finished and that's traditionally within a month where at title, at code, that is about to settle. That's a significantly easier servicing pass in their calculator than if it is more than a month away. Interesting. So if it's further out, they're going to be a bit more conservative on the servicing just in case there are some changes to your financial situation. Is that the rationale? Yes. Quite significantly different. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is... Literally, if it's not completed, anything other than being completed, and it is a hard, harsher servicing criteria. How complete is complete? Practical completion. Ooh, okay, so it's really going to be done. And you're putting a value through to show that it is done. Okay. And this is one of the interesting things why we've got both of you on, because I know when I was going to have Pete on the show to do this one, you guys were having some debates about who is easiest, because you were going to put... BNZ as the easiest, Peter, but April, you've put it at number three. Yeah, I, w- I would have put BNZ at the easiest, and we had this conversation 
offline and April correctly pointed out the fact that they're differing in servicing criteria. I suppose what we're seeing at the moment is we are seeing a lot more properties coming through that are near completion. Yeah. And so where we haven't been able to settle with BNZ over the last 12 to 18 months, we now are because we're able to make use of that better servicing criteria. And when it is that closer to completion, I think BNZ is substantially stronger. And that probably highlights a really important factor of using a mortgage broker. So I think that if you go into the bank and you're going to buy off plans and you don't meet BNZ's criteria at the moment because you're three months out from completion, they're not going to tell you, well, just pop back in three months' time and we'll rerun the numbers because they probably wouldn't even think of that, right? I mean, it's a hard one. I know from working within a bank, you don't really know what's happening outside of the bank. Yeah. But on BNZ too, they've got one of the best maternity leave policies of Mm. all of the banks that I find. What do you go, "Mm, how do you know? Because you think you might s- take maternity leave, no, you've, got a, you've got another thing coming. No, because my sister-in-law works for BNZ. Oh. No, she's talking about their policy, you nuns. No, I know. Okay. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the list. Who's number two? So you've got ANZ and TSB left, Peter, and then we'll, you're effectively you're crowning number one by choosing. ANZ would be the next most difficult, so second Easiest by definition. Second I, I disagree. Really? I would have put ANZ a little bit further. Only down the list, fair so. way to decide this is an arm wrestle. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to come to uh, April clearly disagrees. We're going to come to Peter then April. So, why have you put ANZ at the tougher end? You said you would have put it even further down. Yeah, just in terms of, of what we're seeing at the moment, in terms of serviceability, the more properties you have, I find that their servicing is, is a little bit more harsh in terms of how they scale that rent and then I know that they take 88% but then how they then apply automatic costs, uh, rates and insurance to those in terms of expenses. I'm just finding that their servicing criteria is more harsh than TSB at the moment. If they take out the rates and the insurance nowadays, why do they scale the rent? ANZ does it for property management fees and some untenanted periods and maintenance. That's what that 12% is for them. So TSB does scale back to that 88%, but at the moment they also then add on property management fees as an expense. So, April, you would have put ANZ as your easiest bank. Talk to us about that. It's probably in the last couple of weeks I've had a couple of clients that I've sent to both banks, and actually, Andrew, one of them was yours, Mm. just to see the differences in the two of them. And they're both phenomenal banks, and I find that I use both of them quite heavily for investors for a variety of reasons with 12-month approvals and good interest-only criteria, traditionally good pricing. With ANZ, I found that they've moved the fastest recently with the triple CFA changes, and that's made a massive change to things. So recently, the triple CFA credit contracts and Consumer Finance Act, that update has been scaled back a bit. So you'll say ANZ reacted quite quickly. Actually, I'm getting mortgages through there reasonably easily. Yes. So the things that I find that ANZ have done with that is they've taken a really good look at what is discretionary spending. And taken that out of the calculator. But to be fair, they were the one that reacted the heaviest initially. So they've had to scale back what they had already brought in from the triple CFA perspective, right? So it has made a bigger impact. It's true. That's why we love (laughs) Mortgage Smackdown. Wow. (laughs) Okay, but I will say that ANZ's commission policies for when someone's earning bonuses or commissions, how they scale over the last three months is one of the best for the banks. Uh, But April, wasn't this podcast specifically about PAYE earners? I was about to call her out on that. No, but fair enough. The great thing about this is... They can have commission though, PAYE. PAYE earns bonus. Yeah. And overtime. 
Tell Excuse us about me. your sister with maternity leave again. <laughs> <laughs> Two ears and one mouth, Edward. <laughs> so, Peter, by choosing ANZ in second place, you have effectively crowned number one on this list, which, April, we've given to TSB. Just talk to us about TSB's criteria. So a couple of great things with TSB is they do do a 12-month turnkey approval, and I do find that a lot safer for investors. Obviously, we're checking in every 90 days, making sure there's been no financial changes. Just peace of mind. Yeah. It's actually really good to know these things as well, so we can get on top of that in advance. But I also find with TSB, they can have some really strong interest rates. Because they don't have the shareholders, they don't have the big infrastructure to pay for and things like that, they can be pretty competitive. They can also be pretty nimble in the market because they are that little bit smaller and sometimes in their scale backs. And I find that they have some really good out-of-the-box thinking when it comes to incomes, not the PAYE that is in this example, but maybe some other ones. Can you give us an example of something that you've seen recently? Yeah, so when I've had, say, a doctor who's recently gone locuming Mm. and I don't have two years of financials, I don't have projections or things like that, I've been able to use previous history yep. before and and a, a bit of forward thinking around that or offshore incomes. Right, right. And the most important thing to realise is each bank has about, what, like a 70-page policy document guiding how they view mortgages and what they're going to offer investors and owner-occupiers, right? Now, there is no way that we're going to be able to talk about if you think five times 70 pages, we're talking about 350 pages of policy document in depth here on this podcast. So we're really talking about ranking them from Peter and April's perspective as people who are dealing with all of these banks we've discussed every single day with investors. But there are going to be some differences and things we won't have covered as well. But the official ranking based on today, as we've said, TSB generally the easiest from an income perspective. Then we've decided ANZ, BNZ, ASB, then Westpac. Again, doesn't mean that you don't use Westpac or don't use ASB because there are some really good times where they could be the right fit for you or some other policy considerations like can you get interest only and how long are they going to give you a mortgage approval for? Anything else we've missed? Just that those 70-page guides can change weekly. And that's probably the reason why it's best practice to use a mortgage advisor who's getting these updates, know what's in those policy documents. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. Listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.